0: What an epic Jesus he is. Somebody say amen? An epic Jesus. I mean, awesome, amazing. I thought about adding that scripture at the beginning here where Isaiah talks about who he was. Wonderful God. Mighty counselor. Magnificent warrior. He, he is all those things. He is an epic Jesus. Here's my question for you just before we have a word of prayer and get into this message. This is really the second part of last week's sermon from Easter. But I, I don't know what you were doing the past few days. I don't know what you were doing yesterday afternoon. I, I don't know what you were doing. With all this stuff going on around us and all the destruction that's there, and the, the destruction of people's lives, I, I don't know what you were doing, but here's the question is, what would Christ have been doing? I don't know what you're doing this afternoon or tomorrow or this week about this stuff, but like Trey said, this cannot be the last Christian thing I do this week. This cannot be. It's got to be more than just this. This, this, this epic Jesus, if he, if he really is an epic Jesus, if he really is, then how, how does that translate into our lives? Because I look at a lot of our lives and I said, there's no epicness there. There's no epic Jesus flowing out of who we are. So stick your toes out. Let's step on them a little bit today. Let's say, God, challenge us. God, make us up to the challenge to let you be epic through us. To let people see, to let people see a real Jesus and the epic Jesus, the one, the one that saved us from our sin, one that's provided for us and taken care of us and has always been there. That, that like Trace was saying, that when my life has been falling apart many times, that He just brings His whole kingdom to stand by my side. Let, let me show this epic Jesus to the world around me today. Somebody say, Amen. Come on, let's pray, Father. I love you, God, I thank you, God, so much, Lord. You you have blessed me, and God, not not that you love me more than somebody who lost their house this week, not not that you love me more than someone who lost a loved one this week, but God, I have truly been blessed by you, and God, I I appreciate you, and I I, I honor you in that today, God, and, and and Lord, not not to say you did something for me that you wouldn't do for something, God, I, but I do want to say that you've done this for me. God, and I thank you for that. And I pray, God, stir us, Lord, to be, to be epic and allow you to be epic through us and to, and to show others who you are. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would, you would do an epic thing in us today, God, and begin it today. And, and, and God, let it continue through this week. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, challenge me. Would somebody say, challenge me today, God? Please challenge me today, God. And everybody said... Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Help me with this. Okay. Amen. Help me with this. You know, how many of you say grace right before you have a meal? Anybody? Anybody say grace? Y'all say grace? You pray? You know, I've kind of joked here lately, somebody else going to have to start praying because I'm in... I don't even know how to say grace anymore because Brooklyn, our granddaughter, always says it now. You know, it's so, you know, kind of joking that I don't ever get to say grace anymore. I was going to say grace the other day, and before I could get started, she was, already, she was already praying, asking God to bless our food. Amen. You know, she's half done before I was getting started. So I guess I'm going to have to get a, little, get a little quicker if I wanted to ask the blessing anymore. But, you know, when I, when I ask the blessing, nobody really much pays attention. I wonder sometimes if I could, you know, if I started, if I started praying something besides the blessing, if anybody even pay attention. You know, if I, just, if I just prayed something else and I just said amen, you know, if, if I, everybody just kind of dig on in, you know, and nobody even noticed that I was praying something besides the blessing. Now, you know, I, I, what I'm saying is I don't, I don't think, nobody even pays attention to me when I pray the say the blessing and ask God's grace on our food, unless I go too long. Now, if, you, you know, if I go too long, it doesn't matter what I'm saying, people are going to notice, you know, and Somebody's probably going to say something afterwards or whatever, you know, ask what got into me or, you know, what's going on, you know, what's the matter, you didn't get to preach enough this past week and so you had to do a little bit extra. in the You know, nobody pays any attention to the blessing when I pray the blessing. Nothing really much happens really when I just ask the blessing. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, it's forgotten just as soon as I say amen. But Jesus is an epic Jesus. This is what we talked about last week, how he couldn't do any little thing without it being an awesome, epic thing. And you remember when he said the blessing, you remember what happened? Man, lives were changed. He took, he took that, that little boy's lunch, as I, I reference so many times when we're praying over offering. He took that little boy's lunch, and when he said the blessing, all of heaven paid attention. I meant power started flowing from, from God. Power started flowing through him. Virtue started flowing through him to where that, that, that little boy's lunch was multiplied and increased where 5,000 families, read that right. I believe that's the way the scripture read. 5,000 families were fed from a little boy's. That's what happens when an epic Jesus prays a prayer. That's what happens. I mean, he prays it and he starts blessing and breaking. That's why he, he was just blessing and breaking the food. I mean all he was doing is it'd be like you moms you know that you're you know your child you got to cut the food for them you know you don't want them to choke on it so you cut it in a smaller bite sized portions for them it would be as if you were praying as you were as you were cutting that food up on each individual plate and passing it around that's what Jesus was doing he was just doing the exact same thing we do but yeah when he does it 5000 families are fed but that wasn't the end of it either was it you know what it said it said and they were filled He said that 5,000 families were fed and they were filled. You know, here's, here's the point for you. Is that nobody ever leaves the presence of Jesus hungry unless they want to. I mean, if you leave hungry today, it's your fault. You don't come into the presence of God and walk out of Jesus' presence hungry unless you want to. If you leave his presence today, if you leave this church service today with any place in your life that is still hungry, that needs something, it's your fault. It's nobody else's fault. If you have a place in your life that's not filled, that's not touched in some way, that's not, and, and, and listen, there, you know, I'm not saying that, that uh, you know, if you lost your house in, in the tornado, that when you get home today, your tornado is going to be there. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that he'll fill that hole or that place that's in your life or that need. That the, he'll fill that with some peace or some direction or he'll begin connecting you with people there. God will meet that need. He, he never turns his back on someone who is hungry. He never does as long as they're still reaching to him. Now, the hungry a lot of times turn their back on Christ. They say, oh, I don't want that or I don't have time for that. or No, I'm, not for me today. And so that may be who some of you are. Would you please, you know, I'm really going to get on your toes here in just a few moments. But right now, God is, God's given me this point to share with you today that some of you have needs too. And he wants you to know that he's not going to turn his back on you in the middle of your hunger, whatever the hunger is, whatever the cry of your spirit, whatever the the need of your family and and, uh, whatever the the need is in your home, he's not going to turn his back on that, but he wants to fill it. He wants to change some situations and some marriages. He wants to change some situations and some finances. He wants to meet the need and feel the hunger that is there. And, and, and he'll feel it. He'll start taking care of that right now, right this minute. He will not turn his back on you. And if you're hungry this morning and you leave this place hungry, it's going to be your fault. I wish somebody turned to somebody else and say, it's going to be your fault. Go and tell them it's going to be your fault. Come on. It's going, to be, it's going to be your fault the next time you leave church and you are leave hungry. You don't have your need met. You don't have, you don't have peace. You don't have assurance that, that he's doing it. It's going to be your fault that it happens. You know, I, I, many times I, I've, I've used uh, this, this story, this 5,000, when he fed these 5,000 families. I've used this many times. And, and man, there's just, there's just so many uh, lessons to draw out of this. But the fact was, it says that, that they were all filled, he, uh, that he broke the delos and, and gave them to the disciples except for the crowd. And if you read on, it says, and they were all filled. Now, let me, let me, uh, Jamie, forgive me. Forgive me for tearing this up just a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay, just, let, me, let, me, let me show you something. Let me, let me just illustrate something to you. Trace, come here. Okay, here's what Jesus did. He's praying over it. And he's breaking the fish. And he's given to the disciples. Now go distribute that. Now Cassie, when he comes to you, say, no, thank you. I'm full. Job, come here. <laughs> Same thing. He's Blake and blessing. When he gets to you, say, no, thank you. I'm full. Uh, John, come here. Uh, uh, Britton, come here. And, and if they don't want it, then bring it back to me, okay? Uh, there you go. And when you get back... You know, okay. And Jesus is blessing and he's breaking and his blessing breaking. You can just offer it to a couple of people and then bring it back to me. Okay, and he's blessing and breaking. He's waiting on his disciples to get back. And he's still blessing and he's breaking and he's blessing and he's breaking. And so they start coming back with him. And he's still blessing and breaking. And they start bringing it back to him and bringing it back to him. And he's got more and he's got more and he's got more. And he says, here, take up all of it. You know, when everybody had gotten full, when everybody is full, it's because there was this process going on, he's blessing and he's breaking, and they're handing it out to 5,000 families. Okay? You know, I'm handing out to just a few people right here, and I said a few of them don't want to just bring it back. But while he's had 5,000 families, it takes a while for them to realize everybody's full, right? And so you know what's happening right here in his hands? You know what's happening? He has prepared the bite that nobody wants. Whew. Imagine that. He has prepared these That's why he said, take up the fragments. And when they started taking up the fragments, after everyone was full, they had 12 baskets full that nobody wanted. Are you listening to me? Nobody will ever leave the presence of Jesus hungry unless they want to. If you leave today and you leave hungry, it's because you didn't want what he's already provided, prepared for you. And when we get full and we say, okay, Jesus, I'm done in this service. It's it's after 12 o'clock. We got to hurry home. You're going home hungry and he's still standing up here, still breaking the bread. Oh, I'm telling you, listen, if you're hungry, get to this, get to this altar here this morning and don't be in a hurry. Man, every week, Jamie reminds you, we've got people waiting to pray for you. You know, just because if everybody else walks out the door, but we got one altar worker, one prayer warrior, one prayer team member still, st- then get down here with them. If you're still hungry, say, come to them and say, hey, listen, I still need something from God. Don't leave the service because let me tell you, the last person to leave this service is going to be Jesus. And you know what? He's going to leave with somebody's bite prepared in his hand that they didn't want. Don't leave hungry today. Don't let, You can have it back now, Jamie. Thank you. Don't, don't leave hungry today. Don't leave. Don't, don't leave hungry any day. And not just in this church service, but every day of your life. When you get to his presence, when you're, when you're praying and you're worshiping him, just going down the road, don't leave his presence hungry. I mean, if you're listening to that CD in the car, don't turn the car off and go inside and start reading the paper. If you're still hungry, sit there. Let the let the CD play a little bit more. Pray just a little bit more. Stay in His presence until the hunger is filled because He's still breaking. He'll be the last person to leave today because He'll still be breaking. This is who this epic Jesus is. He he is a Jesus that never turns His back on a hungry person. Every, every time he sees hunger, he, he wants to fill it. He's just got that need inside of him. Uh, he, he sees somebody that's hurting. He sees somebody that's sick. He's got to be there. He's going to do it. He's going to minister to them. He's going to reach out to them. Man, interruptions were, were a part of his daily life you know read the scriptures read the stories I mean Jairus comes to him and interrupts his day he's got to get up and go heal Jairus's daughter and on his way to heal Jairus's daughter what happens he gets interrupted by a woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years I mean this was his daily life and he's preparing and he's just waiting somebody that's hungry come to me this is how epic he is but how is it this doesn't compute in me, though, that, that Christ, this epic Jesus, lives inside of every single Christian. And it's so easy for me and you to turn our back on the hungry. There's an awesome scripture. I, 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 you know, I, I never really understood Mark chapter 8, this, this little story here where, where Jesus, there was, a, there was a blind man that Jesus made mud and put on his eye. And touched him, and he asked him when they washed the mud off. He said, "He said, what do you see?" And he said, "I see men walking around as trees." I never understood that because God, you know, He's an epic Jesus. He never, He never tried to do anything and say, "Oops," you know. He never said, "Oops," in Genesis chapter one. You remember? He said, "Let there be light," and he didn't say, "Oops, it is good." He created the the beasts of the field, and he said, "It is good." He created everything, and he said he never had to say, oops, and wait a minute, let me back up and start all over. And this Mark chapter 8, this this is one I never really, I I never still have, I don't get. But there was a thought came to me this week while I was studying from this Mark chapter 8 story. Uh, It just came to me, and I thought about it. Thank God for that story, because you know what it tells me? Because here's what Jesus did, is when the man said, I see men walking around his trees. I see a little bit, but I don't see perfectly. What Jesus did is he wouldn't leave him hungry. Well, what he did is he went back and he touched his eyes again and healed him completely and totally. And thank God for that. I don't know why, you know, Jesus healed him halfway the first time and then healed him the rest of the way the second time. But here's what it shows me. I I don't understand it, but I thank God for the story because what it shows me is that Jesus will never leave somebody hungry. He'll never leave you half fulfilled. He'll never leave your need halfway met. He will somehow take care of every, every need, every hunger, every want, every, 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 Part of your life that is hurting or that is unfulfilled, he will somehow feel that every single time. He will not turn away from you when you're hungry, he'll not ignore you, he'll not say, Well, maybe it'll be better in a little while. But every single time, James, the book of James, says often what we like to do is we see somebody that is hungry or somebody that doesn't have clothes to wear, and we'll say, Be thou warmed and be thou filled. That's what King James says. Be thou warm and be thou filled. And James says, if that's all you do, you haven't done anything yet. Go give them a coat to wear. Go get them some food to eat. He said, that's the way we act. That's the way we operate. Even as Christians, that's the way we operate. Because we we see these pictures, right, that that were on the screen just a little while ago of of the destruction. You saw them this week. You've driven by places, maybe in Fultondale and other places, and seen this destruction. And what have you done? Oh, God, that's so bad. God, you just need to help those people. You know what you've done? You've done nothing more than what James James was talking about. You just said, God, bless them. God, fill them. God, cover them. God, get the trees off their house. But somebody's going to have to get a chainsaw and get out in the yard and cut the tree off the house. James says, if all you're doing is just saying, be thou warm to be thou trees cut down off thy houses, then you're not doing anything yet. James says, you got to go do something. You need to get to Walmart this afternoon and buy some supplies and bring back to the church so we can get them to a, a place of distribution if you don't have time to do it. If you've got time to do it, go, go to Walmart and buy a big, ba- a big box of, of garbage bags and drive through Lewisburg. You know Lewisburg? You don't know where Lewisburg is? Ask me, I'll tell you. A place that's devastated. I mean, it's kind of a poor area anyway. And it was devastated by this drive through Lewisburg and offered to just go and say, can I just pick up trash in your street, Can I in your, in your yard? Can I help you in some way? And just offered it. Because if you don't do that, James says, you've done nothing. And I'm not saying that prayer isn't powerful and important. But when we say, oh, God bless them, oh, God, drive-by prayers, that's not praying. We've gotten so used to doing drive-by prayers and we don't even just do them in, the, in our cars. We do them in our spirits as well. You know what I'm talking about? We'll be in the middle of our day and we'll spiritually do a drive-by prayer. Well, we'll oh, wait a minute. Uh, Pastor talked about somebody Sunday that was that had a need. God, whoever that was, uh, meet their need. Drive-by prayers. And you know what James says? James says, you've done nothing yet. You've done nothing. You know, somebody's got to roll up their sleeves. God didn't leave us here in this to just do drive by prayers and to just say be thou healed or be thou whatever but he left us here as his body collectively collectively we are his body but individually we are as well these are the hands that jesus has physically in this world today these are the only hands he has that can get out there and caress a baby oh kristen when we were driving through some of the destruction the other day kristen said can you imagine this she said, she said in these houses, there were moms with their little children that were huddled together and hearing all this, all this stuff going on over, and their house was being torn apart. And even if they lived through that, the horror that they had. These are the only hands that Jesus has today to get out into our community and let a child know, hey, we're here for you and it's going to be okay. These are the only arms that Jesus has to get out in the community and to, to cut some, some limbs off some houses and to nail some tarps to some roofs to protect what is still that is there. And these are the only legs and the only feet that'll get outside of these four walls. Jesus doesn't have physical legs and feet except for these today to walk out there. And God, make them quick, make them fast to run to the places of need. These are the th- And you know, see, this doesn't compute in my mind how that this epic Jesus that is living inside of each of us can be so anemic, can be so unpowerful, unepic. How is it that an epic Jesus can live inside of me and there's no epicness flowing out of who I am? It's impossible. Uh, it's, I don't have time to finish this message. Let me tell you something real quick. I'll be honest with you. I, I've not always been as perfect a person as I am today. Don't mean to bust everybody's bubble. But i tell you something. My mom and dad were mean when I wasn't perfect when I was a kid. They'd spank me sometimes. You have to be careful of that these days. You might get thrown in jail. They'd spank me. And you know what? They used to say something I'd never understood. Every time they'd spank me, before they did it, they would say, this is going to... Now, i tell you something. When they said it, I didn't understand it. When it was happening, I didn't understand it. And when it was over, I didn't understand it. Because they weren't walking like I was walking. <laughs> you know? I didn't, but as soon as I had my first child and I pulled out the belt the first time, don't get me arrested. Surely the statute of limitations run out before we started, started arresting people for straight, straightening out their kids. But as soon as I spanked my child for the first time, I understood what they meant. But you know when, still, when I got a whipping, it impacted me, and it impacted my mom or my dad, whichever one was spanking me. But it didn't impact anybody else. I, I don't even think my two younger brothers even cared that, that much. You know, that it really impacted their life a whole lot. When I got a whipping, it didn't really impact a whole lot of people. But when Jesus got a whipping, it impacted everybody that has ever lived. We saw the video earlier in the sermon introduction. When, and we talk, we talk and we think a whole lot about him dying on the cross of Calvary for our sin, suffering for our sin so that we could be Christian, we could go to heaven, we could be with him for eternity. We think about that, but we, we don't think about what Isaiah said, that he was wounded for our transgression. he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And we quote that, by his stripes we are healed. You know, when we're sick, I mean, man, that's when we quote. When we pray for one another, oh, pray for you too. Because by his stripes we are healed. We quote that, by his stripes we are healed. But do we really understand what that means? Think about what that means. It's when you have a headache and you ask God to heal your headache. and, And in a little while, your headache is better. And you realize, man, God's healed me of that headache. Do you realize? Did you see the videos? Did you see the pictures portraying that? Do you realize what he went through to heal your headache? Makes you not even want to pray over a headache anymore, does it? Now listen, and I know what a bad headache is. I, I have migraines. I, I haven't had one in a while, but I, have my, I know what a bad headache is. It can knock you down. So I, I don't any of you say, you don't know what a headache is. Oh, I know what a headache is. But when I see what Jesus did, when I see it portrayed, and when I think of, of what he took at the whipping post as they beat his back, Literally within just inches of his life, they tell us that his historians do about how close he was to dying just from that beating. When I see that, it makes me want to just stop and say, I, I, I don't even want, I, I can deal with this headache today. I can't stand the fact that he went through that for my, for my headache, but he went through that for, for your cancer, for your heart disease, for whatever. What, you know, here, we, here again, we can go back to you leave here hungry today, you leave here sick today, nobody's prayed for you. That ain't my fault. I'm ready, I'm waiting. The service is over. Raise your hand. Get my attention. Grab a prayer team member. I, it's not gonna be up to us. It's up to you. You leave here hungry, it's up to you. He he has provided for all that. He took the stripes on his back so that you could be healed. When I get a whipping, it impacts nobody, but he took a whipping. He asked for a whipping. He asked for it because he wanted you to be healed. You see, here, here's the thing, and we talk about that when you quote that, and all. but here's the thing I want you to get out of this, and I want you to remember today, I want you to see the sacrifice, not just the one on Calvary, the one on the cross, but see the sacrifice of His whipping that He took for you. See the sacrifice of that whipping, and then relate that back and say, oh, now I understand why it doesn't compute how an epic Jesus can live inside of a Christian and there be no epicness coming out of the Christian. It's about sacrifice. We don't sacrifice. I mean, you go buy a a box of Pampers and brought them in and put them in. Was that a sacrifice? Probably not. I mean, you know, if if you normally give $10 to missions, and, and, you know, that's another thing we've got going on right now. We're raising money to send a missions team to Bullhead, South Dakota, and if you've been given $10 a week to that mission strip, but you take that $10 and give it to, to the tornado victims today, you hadn't sacrificed. You've already been given that $10. And I said, that's why there's no epicness flowing out of us today. That's why this Jesus that is coming out of us today is a character. He's just a two dimensional black and white figure. He was just, just, just barely a vision or a shadow of what he truly was when he lived on this earth. The reason is there's no sacrifice. I mean, if you know what we're going to do? I mean, we'll go check on them. You know, see if there's any hungry people still in Lewisburg or they were starting to get power yesterday. So, you know, we were going to go in this afternoon. Well, we, we can go check this afternoon and see if they're still hungry. But, you know, as soon as we get done at Old Charlie's, right? There's no sacrifice. I mean, every, every person in this room can give $20. There's no sacrifice. How much did you give? Don't answer. Every person, some of you say, well, I don't have $20 on me. If you needed $20, if you needed $20, if you needed $20 more than anything else, you know where you could get $20. You know, we, we don't sacrifice and that's why there's no epicness coming out of, that's why the Jesus that, that lives through us is not epic to this world. And Trace said that when God spoke to him, I said, like, wow, what a, what a word that God gave us in that. Did you hear that? You need, to, you need to listen. What a word God gave us when he spoke to Trace earlier today. When he said, This can't be the last Christian thing we do this week. And think about it, I thought about it. Oh, when he said that, I thought, oh, how sad. It's so sad that, that our week begins on Sunday. Because you know what that means. That means for most Christians, their Christianity is done by noon on the very first day of the week. And the rest of their week, there is no Christianity. There is no epicness. There is no power. There is no outreach. There is no, there is no, I gotta find somebody that needs some help. I gotta be there for somebody. There's no epicness because there's no sacrifice anymore. We spend this hour and 15, 20 minutes. First service had almost an hour and a half here, an hour and 20 minutes. We spend that, and we call that sacrifice. That's no sacrifice. And that's why there's no epicness in our lives today. you got too many things on your mind right now while I'm talking to you to allow God to be epic through you. God forgive us. Oh, somebody say, God, forgive us and be epic through us again. Would you stand with me and her, come on to this altar? Come on, let's come to the front and close this. I got one more thing to share with you. Time's getting away from me. I need to share this in a hurry. Just come on to the front. I'll share it. God, somebody go ahead and start to helping me pray right now. God, forgive us. God, be epic through us again. God, be epic through us again. God oh Jesus I don't know I know some of you I don't know what I can do I mean you know what what can I do for God I don't have any ability you know what I don't want to belittle anybody that gave it a bottle of water this week but it can't end to giving a bottle of water you're leaving somebody still hungry in there it's got to go beyond that but what can i do beyond that if today is your birthday and i walked in today with a present you might smile and you might be happy but don't get real excited because it probably wouldn't be anything really big i just don't have the ability to give big gifts there wouldn't be keys to a car it wouldn't be an all expense paid vacation unless it was somewhere like maybe Warrior Summit or something, somewhere within driving distance, you know. I could, I could probably put you up there a couple of nights, you know, maybe. But even that would be stretching it a little bit, you know, if I put you in a hotel and try to pay for your meals for two or three days, yeah, that's going to stretch me a good bit. That's beyond my ability to give. You understand what I'm saying? But we serve an epic Jesus. Oh, and the gifts he gives. The gifts he gives can take your moment of handing a bottle of water can take that moment and can do something powerful through it. Because you know what gifts he gives? He gives the gift of wisdom. A a supernatural ability to know what ought to be done. The gift of, of a word of knowledge. A supernatural ability to speak something of knowledge and say, hey, here's what you need to do in this situation. Here's some direction for you. He gives the gift of faith. You know, the ability, and we're not talking about believing a little bit. We're talking about the gift of faith that where you take somebody's hands in your hands and you say, let's pray, and I believe God is going to meet this need. There's a whole lot of people that need somebody to operate in the gift of faith right now and just say, I believe that God's going to bring His kingdom to stand by your side this week. And the gift of faith, that's what He gives. Uh, uh, The gift of of healings, of miracles. There are people that are hurting out here that that have been injured. Trace was giving us stats that need somebody to to say, God, let let the gift of healing operate today through us. The gifts of miracles there's some miracles that need to happen. And sometimes it's so easy to, to not notice that it's a miracle that it looks like it, oh, it's always just something that God that, that man did instead of God. But you look a little longer and you see how, wait a minute, God did that. I think so much about Bruce a couple of weeks ago showed up just the right time, right place. And when he got into the emergency room, could have gone any other time, but he got there at the right time. And the right doctor, nobody else wanted to touch his knee. Nobody else wanted to touch his leg. But he got him there at the right time. And the right doctor was on call at the ER. That's a God thing. God, work a miracle. That kind of a miracle. Words of prophecy. Oh, God, give me some prophecy. You know, we've had... You know, I don't know... I just felt I just felt we got a little word of prophecy through Trace this morning, and God said, "This cannot be this week. This cannot be the last Christian thing we will do." Oh man, that hit me. I think it hit Trace pretty hard. But I, that hit me hard. This cannot be the last Christian thing we do. And discerning of spirits to know to know know what is and what is it to uh, tongues interpretation of tongues. And I wish. Maybe I'll have time in a future sermon, but I wish I had time to tell you background stories behind every one of these gifts. I could tell you stories and show you ever, behind every one of these how God wants to operate in our lives. Until we start sacrificing, say, here I am, God, use me. Take my time. Until we start doing that, He's not going to be epic through us anymore. <laughs> oh, i, I, I got to hurry. i got to hurry and pray over you. Come on. Bow your head. Close your eyes right now. You might, you might fold your arms over your heart and say, I don't want this. Okay, that's fine. You may you may spiritually just fold your arms and say, I don't want this. And I want to pray over everyone that will receive this right now. I want to pray that God begins to operate epically through you. That the epic Jesus begins to operate through you again. That it's no longer, don't quit talking about you. Quit telling people about you. Quit telling people about your thing and start telling them about God's thing. Oh God, I pray right now, Lord, be epic through me again lead us in a song. Don't start singing